This podcast is brought to you by Rib It Up. Today we have one of the first of many firsts on the podcast. I can't say, I, it, we would spend the whole podcast if you went down in line to say what you were the first black attorney to, <laughs> first black to, first this, first that. So, my dear godfather, Julian Mason Davis Jr., tell me a joke. Well, I have one. All right. What did the lawyer name his daughter? What did the lawyer name his daughter? I'm ready. You don't know? No. Sue. (laughs) (laughs) Real attorney joke there. Real attorney joke there. Look here. When you were asking me what this podcast was about and what we talk about, Mm -hmm. it's about whatever you want to talk about. I'm going to be selfish about one thing right out the gate. Who am I? Tell me about my history, what you know about my family. I mean, (laughs) few people get to this opportunity to sit with somebody that knows their family from way back. Who am I? Well, your name is Ivor B. Williams III. Yes, sir. You are the son of Ivor Williams, Jr., and Mary B. Williams. Yes, sir. And you are the grandson of Dr. P.S. Moton, M-O-T-O-N. Great-grandson. Great-grandson. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. And and you are the grandson of Iva Bossman Williams. (laughs) Yes, sir. Who was an instructor, professor at Miles College for many years. And also, he was a band leader in Birmingham who had a band that played at almost every dance. Yeah. That's right. Did you, were you a good dancer? I was a pretty good dancer. You were a good dancer? Pretty good, pretty good dancer. What about Auntie June? Oh, she was a great dancer. She could tear up the flow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um... Tell me about your time with my great grandfather at the um, at the um, Masonic, Masonic Temple. Temple. Yes, sir. All right. I moved into the Masonic Temple building in April of 1960. Okay. After becoming licensed by the Supreme Court of the state of Alabama. Okay. When you were of my lineage, Uh which is Mm African-American. And, you know, most 
African Americans are not pure African Americans. We are partial right, African Americans. Right. But that's what the dominant people call us. They call us African Americans and Formerly, we were called Negroes, and before then, we were called colored, and before then, we were called Afro-Americans, mm-hmm. and then after then, we were called by the big N-word. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I had to take a bar examination because I did not attend the State University of Alabama. Now, tell, stop right there and say why. You didn't, and how a lot of other black attorneys ended up being attorneys elsewhere. All right. By statute in the state of Alabama, if you were of African American lineage, you were prohibited from attending law school at the University of Alabama. Mm hmm. University of Alabama had one law school that was in Tuscaloosa. Mm -hmm. And that law school was supported by the tax money of every person in the state of Alabama that owned property that paid money for real estate taxes. Mm -hmm. All of the money that, that goes into any state institution comes from your real estate taxes that you pay once a year. Mm-hmm. Well, even though blacks own property and they pay taxes, and that money goes to operate the University of Alabama Law School, the University of Alabama and Birmingham Medical School, and all the other schools that are part of the University of Alabama system, back to the original subject that I was telling you about, Mm -hmm. blacks Mm -hmm. could not attend the University of Alabama Law School. They couldn't go to med school. They couldn't become engineers. They couldn't become architects. They couldn't become teachers with master's degrees or doctorate degrees. Mm -hmm. And so if there was not a black institution, namely Alabama A&M mm-hmm. in normal Alabama or Alabama State University in Montgomery, Alabama or Tuskegee Institute in Tuskegee, Alabama. If you could not get your degree from one of those three schools nor any of the white, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm calling them white at this point, right? but even though they were not just white, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they were schools that were operated by the state for whites. Right, right. All right. And so if you wanted a degree in those areas, Mm -hmm. you had to seek admission from a school outside of the state of Alabama. And so where did you Primarily outside of the South. Right, right with the exception of one school, and that was Howard University in Washington, D.C., that is still south of the Mason-Dixon line. Right. But primarily at some school in New York, New Jersey, New England states, the Midwestern states. Mm -hmm. So I applied to University of 
New York, the State University of New York at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. That's where their only law school was, just as in Alabama, the only law school in the state of Alabama is at Tuscaloosa. Gotcha. And so I graduated. I, I was law review. I was in the top 15 students of my graduating class. And I still had to come back to the state of Alabama because that's, that was my plan. Right. To come right. back and practice law in Birmingham. Okay. And uh, so back to the temple. I'm sorry. I just no, had no, you, that, have you tell still, that part. I, I still have to tell you some more. Okay. If you had attended the University of Alabama Law School, mm-hmm. you would not have had to take the bar. Really? That's right. They had what was known by us as diploma privilege. Okay. If you graduated from University of Alabama Law School, you were automatically licensed by the state Supreme Court. Okay. If you did not attend uh, law school at Alabama, then you had to take the bar exam. Gotcha. All right. Real quick. What do you think about this Arthurine Lucy Bibb Graves controversy at the Capstone right now? I didn't know. Is it a is it a controversy now? Yeah, yeah. They the, um, the trustees wanted to name um, put Arthurine Lucy's name with Bibb Graves on one of the halls down there, and you know, of course, the same, people are saying. Of all people, why would you marry those two names on a building together? So the uh, trustees were supposed to revisit that. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, Bib Graves was a Klansman. Right, right. And Arthurine Lucy had to fight. She had to go into the United States Federal District Court and appellate courts in order to get into the University of Alabama. Uh-huh. So they would... Opposites. Right. <laughs> In April of 1960, when I obtained my license from the Supreme Court of the State of Alabama, I began practicing law by sharing space on the fifth floor of the Masonic Temple building with Peter Hall and Orzel Billingsley. Mm. They took over the space that had been rented by Arthur Shower since he began practicing in 1937. Okay. There were three offices there. Mr. Shower's had the first office. But in early 1960, A.G. Gaston completed the building that he constructed on the southwest corner of Fifth Avenue and 16th Street, okay. North. Okay. And he invited Mr. Shores to move his offices around to that building. Okay. Mr. Shores agreed to do it, and he then moved out, and that left one office space there. And I made an agreement with Peter Hall and Orzel Billingsley that I would come in and I would share paying the rent to Masonic group that owned the building and take my space in that that uh, group of offices. Okay, okay. And your great-grandfather, Dr. Moten, who was a physician, had offices either on the fourth or the third floor. 
okay. of the Masonic Temple building. He had been there for years and years. Okay, okay. And um, I would see him from time to time when he would come from either the hospital or from home, and he was on his way back to the to the office. Okay. Dr. Moten was in his latter years during that period of time, and so he only practiced three or four years after I began my practice in 1960. Gotcha. But I knew Dr. Moten very, very well. Gotcha. Now, um, <clears throat> before we take a break, how did my parents end up buying their house from you? Well, June and I bought that house on 11th Avenue Southwest. Uh-huh. We bought that house in 1961. Okay. And we bought it from a guy whose name was Charles Mayer. Okay. He was from New York, and he came down to Birmingham, and he was developing properties. Okay. And so we were living up at my grandfather Harris's house. Right. With my mother and my aunt and uncle. Uh Uh-huh. They owned the property along with their brothers and sisters after their grandfather, after their mother and father died. Okay. And I grew up in that house. And now a lot of people know that Harris family as Davenport and Harris Funeral Home. Right, right. Because they've been in Birmingham since the 1890s. Okay. Well, uh, we bought we bought that lot. Okay. And we agreed with Mr. Mayor that he would build a certain style house. Okay. And if I may, the house only cost thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. That was in nineteen sixty. Wow. <laughs> wow. And we moved in that house. Kay, our oldest child, had been born when we were living up at the Harris house. Okay. And Jay was born the next year in 1962. Okay. So both of those children grew up in that house. Wow. And in 1970, June decided that we needed more space. Okay. Because of the two children. In fact, it was right off of the Tarrant Huffman uh, Road. Now, that's the house that's on the Time magazine cover. That's right. Right, that's right. That's the back of the picture that's on the on the Time magazine cover. That's the back of that house, and we're sitting on the porch gotcha. of that, that house. Gotcha. Well, your daddy knew we were getting ready to, to move, and so he said, I'm going to buy your house. <laughs> okay, okay. And he says, I, I looked back and I saw where uh, you paid $13,500. Forward, and I'm going to give you 14500 And I said, all right. <laughs> I'd known your daddy all of his life. Right, right. Well, we should thank you for it. <laughs> Jamie and I were raised in that house, that, and, and it's always been special to me to know that um, my family got that house from you. Let's take a minute to pay a few bills, and uh, when we get back, I want to hear that story about um, – you registering to vote. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Hello, this is Jefferson County Sheriff Mark Petway, inviting you to join the conversation that we've started around 
bridging the gap to build communities that are safe and well-connected. Let's all work together to ensure that Jefferson County is a safe place for all who call it home. All right, go ahead and tell the story. It, some people know me as Mr. Williams. Some people know me as Iva. And I always told people, my old uncles, they call me something y'all don't know nothing about. <laughs> go ahead, Uncle Jay. <laughs> His original name was Pie Crust. <laughs> and that name was given to him by his father's mother. That's right. Miss Mary Moulton Williams. That's right. And the name comes from the crust that pie is in. <laughs> <laughs> when he was a baby, he never liked the filling. He wanted to eat the pie crust. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. I know, right? That's right. And so she called him Pie Crust. <laughs> okay. Now that story is out there for everybody to know. For, yeah. for, <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> Let's play a little this or that. Okay. All right. First of all, what's your favorite charity? Well, right now it's uh, United Way. Of Central Alabama. That's right, with your fund. Mm -hmm. Well, if you choose not to answer one of these questions, you have to make a donation. Okay. But I'm sure you're going to answer them. So here we go. Green Acres or Mrs. Winters? Well, Green Acres used to be a fried chicken place on 4th Avenue. It is. still is. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. It used to be in on the 4th Avenue side between, let's see, 17th and 18th Street, and the front was painted green, <laughs> and they, they served chicken that they fried in the place, and you could smell it a half block away from that. I love it. This is a history lesson ain't you it. ain't never ain't had it. before, baby. Ain't it? All right, now, do you like Railroad Park or the Botanical Gardens? Well, it, they're two different things. You got to choose this or that. Botanical Gardens. There we go. Regions Field or Rickwood Field? Rickwood, because I, I went to all the baseball games at Rickwood when I was growing up. <laughs> Marsh Bakery or Edgar's Bakery? Well, Marsh Bakery has been here longer than Edgar's. <laughs> there you go. Negro League Museum or the Civil Rights Museum? Well, Civil Rights Museum is more encompassing, but I know of the Negro League Museum. In fact, I worked with um, uh, Reverend uh, Greason. Okay. When he was working to get the Negro League Museum put together. I love it. City Stages or Heritage Festival? Well, I knew about City Stages, and June and I <laughs> went there a couple of times. You did? Yeah. Okay. How about um, the Birmingham Zoo or the McWayne Science Center? 
I've been to both. Got to pick which one? The zoo. The zoo. <laughs> bang, bang. Every time, man. It's like I'm cursed. No, <laughs> Nobody picks the McQu- – see, that's the thing. That's the question that I always get really attentive because I, I'm a big nerd. So, all right. Alabama or Auburn? Alabama. Roll Tide, back on the street. I taught at the University of Alabama Law I School for it. 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. Tupac, really? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, well with, really, really, really. I love them both. I, I really guessed at that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you played a Biggie song and you played a Tupac song and you asked me which was which, I could not tell you. I bet you could. I bet I'm going to pay one and play one in a minute, and we're going to see if you could guess which one it is. No. <laughs> I'm too old for that. Well, we, while we were cutting out, I told you I wanted you to tell the story about uh, you registering to vote. Okay. All right. Well, in 1958, my wife and I were living with my mother and my aunt and uncle, and she asked me whether or not I had become a registered voter. Mm-hmm. And she told me that everybody in the Harris family had been registered to vote. Mm -hmm. And so I went down to the courthouse. This is between my second and third years of law school. Okay. And I had had a year's course of constitutional law. Okay. So I went down and I went in the Board of Registrars and I told them that I wanted to register to vote. And they gave me papers and I completed the papers, and uh, I gave it back to them, and I thought that that was all that I had to do because I knew that there was a literacy test required of all persons that wanted to become registered to vote in the state of Alabama. Mm -hmm. And I was able to read the questions. I was able to answer the questions. I was able to write the answers to the questions, and since I was able to do that, I knew that I was showing that I was literate. Right. If right. you're literate, you can read and write. Right. And I had done that. And so the lady that administered the test to me was standing behind a, a counter. Mm-hmm. There are counters in, uh, well, there used to be counters mm-hmm. in the Jefferson County Courthouse. She was on one side, I was on the other. And she asked me, uh, if I could uh, explain the 14th Amendment. Mm -hmm. And it took me aback because I had just completed a year's course in constitutional law. Mm -hmm. And 14th Amendment is a part of what you study. Right. And so I started giving the history of the 14th Amendment and how it came into being and how it had been tested in the Supreme Court and how the 14th Amendment stood as of 1958. Uh-huh. And the lady was, she was aghast. <laughs> she was actually aghast. She, she right. could not understand how this black guy was able to do that. Right. And she said, well, how did you know that? 
I said, well, ma'am, if you had read my application, you would have seen <laughs> where I'm a rising third-year student at the State University of New York School of Law. And the lady just became totally exasperated. <laughs> and she said, well, if you know so much, I bet you don't know whether or not there's a woman in the United States Senate. I said, yes, ma'am, I do. She said, who is it? I said, her name is Mrs. Margaret J. Smith, and she is a resident of the state of Maine, and she is a senior senator from the state of, of Maine. While I was saying that, the lady's hands went up in the air, and she slammed them down on the table, and she said, oh, hell, just let the nigger vote. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> now, going just a little deeper, uh -huh. when you tell the longer version of the story, your professor wanted to make sure that you knew constitutional law. That's right. Coming back to, to the state of Alabama. That's right. He was the dean of the law school. Okay. His name was Jack Hyman. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And, and he, he would call on me every day. Yeah. Because he's, he told me and he told in class, in, in the entire class mm -hmm. that I was coming back to Birmingham to practice law and how things were in the state of Alabama and that I had to know constitutional law. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, as it relates to your legacy, um, you've done so much and you've paved the way for... Just, you know, a minute ago, you were talking to the, the owner of Creed here, Danielle Hines, and she said how she stands on your shoulders. And so, you know, uh, it just it just really means a lot for you to be here for Black History Month. I was thrilled when I ran into you a couple of weeks ago and was able to tell you that I, too, am going to law school, wrapping up my last semester at Miles College now, but you've just shown me so much love. You have shown my family so much love over the years. Um, your children have were like big brothers and sisters to me. I love you with all of my heart, and it just means the world to be able to have you on my podcast. Well, podcast? <laughs> podcast. Yo, podcast. Pie, pie crumb. Pie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was listening to the pie, to the, uh, the the thing that you said about your show. Uh-huh. Um whatever you ask me to do, I I just have to do it. You said because that. I've known you all of your life. Yes, sir. <laughs> all yes, sir. of your life. You yes, and your sister. Yes, sir. And you don't know this, but you have a great aunt, Thelma, who is your great your uh, grandmother's sister. Uh huh. And she married one of my grandfather Harris's relatives, Doctor E. B. Good, in Mobile. Get out of Dodge! That's Are right. you serious? That's right. Ask your parents; they know about it. Uncle Eskis was one of my favorite uncles. Is that right? Oh, I loved me some Uncle Eskis. Yeah, and he had a brother whose name was Pleasant. Yes. And they both were dentists. 
Man, I'm telling you, this is a <laughs> gift from God to be able to sit up here and talk to you and learn about who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to challenge everybody that listens to this. All you got to do is walk up to my Uncle Jay Mason, tell him who you are and where your family from, and he can do the same thing for you. <laughs> so we are going to um, say goodbye, and we're going to have you back. Once I get the videotape going, Mm -hmm. so we can put you on camera for all time. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) I love you. I love you you. too. We want to thank longtime friend of my family and play uncle, Jay Mason Davis, for joining us. We want to thank you for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63 and UrbanHam.com. God bless.